BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to the I Love You So Much podcast with me, Kenzie Elizabeth, and my producer, Taylor. Hello, I'm back as always. As always. How has your week been? So far, so good. We actually have a new hire today and I'm showing the ropes. So it's kind of exciting. Very exciting. This is very exciting stuff. I also saw Paige was like, I saw that you saw something, some hoodie things that are going on. This is a very exciting time. Oh yeah, I forgot. So we're getting, we're going to get Dear Media branded hoodies and sweatshirts. Very exciting. We, we just got the first, I think we got the first one. I don't know if we got the final one in yet or not. I know that they ordered one originally and it, the logo was kind of small or distorted. So we made a change to it. So I don't know if what we have is the final but it, it could be something else is exciting. I know that you're going to San Diego, which is technically yeah, from. I know. I said that I'm going to be like you, Michael and Lauren on Friday. Have you, when was the last, last time you've been down in San Diego? Um, Probably. Well, I used to actually go a lot because my childhood best friend actually moved to Carlsbad when we were in high school. So, and like she goes to school in Oregon now. So she's barely, she's not even there this summer. So I used to go there all the time. Like I would go to D Street and like Better Buzz Coffee and stuff. No shit, you D Street the bar. Yeah, like all of it. So D Street's no longer there. They're they're it got bought out and it's being re it's being renovated and they're gonna make it this nice bar and restaurant. So if you do go down there, there's a place called Shelter. Okay, and I think that's honestly in that in like the, the that particular part of the town we were talking about, like the Solana Beach, Del Mar, like Encinitas, Carlsbad area. Yeah, Shelter is the best place currently. D Street, it's right across from where D Street used to be. Okay. But I'm curious to see what D Street's going to be become because the people that I think own Shelter bought out D Street and to be continued on what it's like. No, I like love that area. Also, there's this random, I don't even know what it's called, this random like burrito place by the beach. Like I would know how to get there and I know what it looks like. I don't know the name that has the best California burrito. Oh, I've, I know what you're talking about. Oh I'm, my God. It's so good. I know. I, the reason I know where you're going with that is because there's only one I'm thinking you're by the beach. Is it called Juanita's? Maybe. It's it, like by a like ice cream or frozen yogurt place, I think. Uh, like across the street from like a 7-Eleven. Yeah, I want to Okay. 7-Eleven... Shit, you know, I, I'd have to, I'd have to re, br- so I have to brush back up on my my Mexican food. Uh, <sighs> locations. So good. Well, here's the thing: like, I can't even eat it this weekend, anyways, since I started the 21 day like reset thing with Kenzie. Guys, if you guys follow me on Instagram, which if you don't, what are you doing? Figure it out. It's Kenzie Elizabeth. It's in the show notes. Um, I started the like food combining 21 day reset and stuff. So I'm vlogging the whole experience, my YouTube channel. I actually just had Kinsey on for an episode and her episode's going to go live. Like once I finish it so I can do like my recap and stuff in the intro, but it's so far so good. I started officially this morning and it was incredible. I made my lemon water with my collagen, a smoothie. Then I had my second breakfast after my workout. Absolutely incredible. So I can't eat that anyways, but 
I mean, it's actually not that difficult. Like, it doesn't really change my diet that much. It's just, like, really, really, really minor adjustments. Also, okay, Taylor, I was listening, like I said, to the Skinny Confidential with the Morning Toast. And I really like the whole Morning Toast community. So we got to bring that to uh, I Love You So Much. Like, how do we do that? So you've already done the first step, which is the, the Facebook community. Yes. It's technically, I think, just growing and kind of building the fan base. And technically, so far, we're copying them directly. I mean, not copying, that's not the right term. But, but doing we're, it. We're, we're technically using them as an influence and we're carrying over all the good. Their like, audience is so engaged and dedicated. They call them the like TIA as like, a joke because they like investigate everything. It's so funny, but I've never seen anything like it. Like They have like the best... Like, they're just funny and so engaged. Like, they're just cool. Specifically, I listened to the episode, and I thought it was interesting that they said, oh, if, like, if you have, like, legal problems, they'll go and investigate and, like, search for you. I'm thinking, holy shit, that's kind of, it's interesting, because I guarantee you, if, like, hey, by the way, I need help. There's Who knows? When you have a big fan base, yeah. you probably get a lot of people that have come from different wakes of di- different occupations. Oh, for sure. Can, probably someone's like, wait a second, I'm a lawyer, I'll help you out. Someone's like, I'm a cop, let me look into that. Oh, I only hire, also, just random note, I only hire people to do, like, graphics or editing or whatever from that Facebook, like from people who follow me. So like I, and obviously I'm still very selective, like just cause you follow doesn't mean I'm gonna hire you. But that's where I go first to find people. So if you guys are trying to get any jobs, people like get them because I'm like graphic designers, whatever. And people have connected. People like hang out and have made friends through the Facebook group, finding out that they're in like the same college or town or whatever, which is really cool. Also, another thing that I want to do that I'm going to mention just to see if you guys would be interested in it. Forever ago, I made for merch I had for like my YouTube I had these like really cute matching sets. So it was like a hoodie and sweatpants. They're matching really cool. And everyone in this office has seen my ge- my brilliant genius idea because I've had this idea since probably before the podcast was even made. But I really want to make a matching set that's like a hoodie and sweats for I Love You So Much. And it's very like collegiate retro. So if you guys would be interested in buying that, this would probably be happening in the fall. Let me know because I had a little conversation with Paige this morning and it sounds like it's good. So I need you guys to tell me if you would buy them and they're really amazing and great. You should do. Have you ever thought about doing a secret face group meetup type thing where yeah, you I actually only did do it with that? I actually did it in Dallas. We did like a little coffee day. I want to start doing it, especially for like every city that I go to or whatever. Yeah, I do want to do that where there's like more meetups and stuff and we just like go get coffee and it's really chill. Absolutely. hundred percent. I also want to do a sticker pack. That'd be really oh, cool. That'd be fucking awesome. It would be amazing, right? And like, you know, the brandy that I'm talking about, like the stuff that I've shown you, not yeah. really the stuff that's out. It's, I think it's awesome too. It's this, cool. Everything you've shown me, I, I do like. I like love it. I really need to redo all of it. The main thing is that I just don't know what photo I want. So it's really stopping me. I just like can't. I have the like branding of it, but I don't have like the photos that I want. And I know I can like reshoot them, but I don't even have like a vision for the photos. So I feel like that's going to come, you know? Who knows? Yeah, I think it'll be a work in progress. I mean, even if whatever you choose initially, you end up changing some part, mm-hmm. you know, later. I think it, it's still good to make a decision and see what everyone thinks. Ultimately, you could have 1.0 and then 2.0. Yeah, exactly. So I think that I just need to make a just make a change. Like it's gonna have to happen at this point. Also, Taylor. Well, okay, this weekend, what did you do? I was at Bethel Conference all weekend. It was incredible. What did you do? 
honestly, I did nothing. I got caught up in work. I relaxed. So I great. Just, it's exactly what I needed because it, lately just work has been very stressful and busy, which is a good thing. Good stress, not bad stress. Yeah, it's probably and, the Forbes article, you know? Yeah, exactly. I know. <laughs> seriously, you get the, the companies in a Forbes article and it just it, it's nonstop from there because we, yeah. we have to set our, our goal higher next. Exactly. I don't know what it is. What's better than Forbes? I don't really I know. I was wondering that. I'm like, can we? It's like we can only go up from here, but like, can we, you know? Uh, yeah, technically, maybe we can only go down because we've already hit the top. Exactly. I'm like, oh, I don't really know. Like, I mean, I guess we just do Forbes again. And also, okay, I will say the past week, I I did a little bit of shopping, Taylor, right? I wouldn't call myself the biggest shopper in the world. I think that's due to the fact that I have like the best job ever and I get a lot of stuff sent to me. For instance, last night, I literally got 27 items from Princess Polly, my favorite store, the dress that I'm currently wearing, um, delivered to my house, right? But I was over my purse. I like bought this new bag randomly in December and I was like so obsessed with it. And then I wore it all the time and it's really cute and fun, but like I needed a change. So I was having this really great morning. I like woke up really early. I got coffee. I went and worked out, went home, showered, got ready. And we were going to Bethel that night. I was waiting for my friend to get off work. And I was shopping around on Melrose Place, which is like honestly not even a place to like really shop. But I went into Marc Jacobs. This is the thing about me is that I love designer bags. And like I wouldn't even get like Marc Jacobs to me isn't like designer. Like when I think designer, I think of like St. Laurent, Gucci, whatever. And here's the thing. I actually love designer bags, but I love Marc Jacobs the most out of any bags, especially now. Like They're just really cool. So I originally was like Mar Rebecca Minkoff. I was looking at St. Laurent bags last week and I almost bought one, but I just wasn't obsessed with it. And like, why would I do that if I'm not obsessed with it, you know? So then I went to Marc Jacobs and I found not one, but two bags to, that I have with me currently because one of them is a really great medium-sized bag perfect for like um if you go to like for me if I'm at church all day it's perfect or like especially like the podcast studio just things like that if I go to like a coffee date and I'm actually like doing work or whatever it's a perfect size it's not too big not too small and then I got a new crossbody and then I also bought a pair of Yeezys which I've never owned Yeezys before not I, I really do like sneakers so I guess I needed to get into it but I feel like a new woman you know I have a lot of new things going on I actually bought some new stuff too there was a John Elliott sale like you a summer love sale. John I, Elliott. yeah I went wild and wild I like literally like blacked out and then the next day I woke up and thought oh fuck well not not blacked out literally but I just mean no yeah know, I know you I, mean. I shopped and then thought oh my god it yeah. was too late so. it was too late you blacked out that yeah. happens to me with like a lot of life decisions that I make and I'm constantly checking myself at this point I like look back at things and I'm like you know it's all a blur I would just rather not remember it so then I'm like, no, I blacked out, you know? Yeah, but you see, even if you don't remember, at least you have a nice purse around your waist. True. Nice shoes on your feet. And that's technically all that matters. Exactly. And I'm like, listen, I'm a lifestyle like influencer. That's, that's what I do. I like tell myself that to feel better, you know? But honestly, I mean, like I got two bags. One of them was on sale. Like it was really good price. Like it's not that I like, I did not go crazy by any means. Also, another thing with the morning toast that I just remembered is they have like a name. I don't want like a... Uh, I don't know. We need like a good name or something. Oh, yeah, they have the toasters. The toasters. They call community. Yeah. And like every, like, I don't know if I can't think of good names and like a lot of them are cheesy and like not good. So if any of you guys think of good ones, let me know in the Facebook group. Also, here's the thing. Those, the toasters are very, they investigate everything. Right. And they know everything. And like you say one thing, but I feel like it's very, it's like, I talk about things very openly on my podcast. Cause it's like, you know, my life, things I'm learning, whatever. I'm just very open. Cause I feel like what's the point, you know? I mean, to an extent, like there's definitely things that I keep private, 
But it's like, if you watch my vlogs, you know my life, it's like pretty obvious which situations I'm talking about or like who I'm talking about or whatever it is, even though I don't try to make it. It's just like, it's not that difficult. And you guys do catch on to that. Like there are definitely times when people are like, I think this is about so-and-so. And I'm like, you know, I'm not going to respond or ever acknowledge that. But like, yeah. So I feel like you guys are kind of actually there. I kind of respect the like dedication because those are things that I actually try to like kind of hide from my socials. But like you guys still figure it out. And I do respect that. I honestly do. So that's good, I guess. That's what they call a dedicated community. Yeah, they're dedicated. I love that. I just like, they're just so on one. Like it's crazy. It's actually crazy. And that was a great episode. I really liked it. Today's episode is with Guyana. She is a therapist in the Los Angeles area. She's so awesome. I wanted to do this episode today because May is Mental Health Awareness Month, something like that. And I thought that this would be very fitting. So I asked you guys on the secret Facebook group, which we've been talking about a billion times. And if you haven't joined it, you need to join it. You need to follow our Instagram and follow my Instagram. She reached out to me and I was like, oh my gosh, I would love to have you on. I feel like that's such a great topic. I am so for therapy. I think it's the best thing ever and it's amazing. Anyways, I asked in the secret Facebook group what you guys wanted to hear or like to know just like specific questions because I feel like this is a very valuable episode and I wanted to get like very specific and get you guys just like answers without having to actually go to a therapist. And if you guys want to go to a therapist, I think you should. And I on her Instagram, she has like an entire Instagram about all of this that's very helpful that I would recommend following but she also um has like references and stuff if you guys happen to live in this area but 10 out of 10 recommend I'm really excited for this episode and I hope you guys enjoy okay do you want to do a little one minute bio for us sure so my name is Guyana Aramian and I'm a marriage and family therapist I primarily work with couples who want to improve their relationship um, as well as women in their 20s and 30s who want to work through life struggles. So I started getting into therapy and wanting to become a therapist actually in ninth grade when I took a college class in psychology. And um, my relationship was actually just starting at that point. So I was really young um, and I was really interested in this. And looking back, now I've been in my relationship for 10 years and we recently just got married. Hey, that's so cool. Yeah, so that's been Honestly, the real inspiration uh, behind me wanting to become a couples therapist is because I know how much it takes to be in a relationship um, and how hard it is and also how great it is. So that's been my passion of wanting to really help couples and really any individual wanting to improve their relationships. Um, so I studied psychology and got my bachelor's degree in Loyola Mar Marymount University. And then I continued my education and got my master's from Pepperdine. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, so, Malibu. Yes. That's where they filmed yeah. Zoe 101, they by the did. way, for they anyone did. listening. <laughs> yeah, it was really great. And so now um, I'm what's called an associate marriage and family therapist, which means I'm collecting my hours to become licensed. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. This is so awesome. Okay, we're going to do quick little hot seat questions, and then we're going to get into more of like therapy, mental health, all of that stuff. So first question, what is the first thing you do in the morning? First thing I do in the morning is check my phone, yep. <laughs> look through all the emails, all the notifications. I'm that person that needs to have zero notifications. Me too. <laughs> I don't even like, I've started muting so many stories because I don't like having stories that I haven't seen, but I also Me don't want to watch them. So I'm like, I just have to mute you. Like, I'm sorry that we're like really actually good friends. <laughs> like, I'm like, I can't do it. I can't be on my phone. Okay. Number two, this is my favorite question, and everyone's probably so annoyed with me because I keep asking it in all the episodes as of lately, but what is the best purchase you've made under $100 in the past six months? 
Um, I think it would have to be the latest book I'm reading, which is by Brene Brown. It's called Dare to Lead, and it's about leaders who can be vulnerable at work. This is the TED Talk, right? This yes. is from that? Yeah. This is so funny that you bring it up because here I go again, mentioning Ryan Kinerney in another podcast episode. This is like one of my best friends. He basically co-hosts this podcast at this point. He recently watched the like Netflix documentary or whatever on her yeah. and was telling me I need to watch it. But I love the TED Talk. It's so good. Okay, so I need yeah. to get the book. Mm-hmm. I literally will Amazon Prime it. I do this all the time. I ask these questions selfishly and then I Amazon Prime <laughs> it before. <laughs> yeah, before the episode's even done. I'm like, okay, it's on, it's on its way. She has other great books, but this is specifically how to be vulnerable and how to be a leader at the same time. Because I, I think that's something that's looked down upon almost and so she kind of talks about the benefits of doing that yeah i think that they ask i think they actually go hand in hand mm-hmm. people just don't realize it yeah or people are too tough and whatever but i think vulnerability is strength so yes. i love that okay so also this is the last question what is your favorite clothing item that you own probably my pair of jeans from top shop the Jamie jeans. Love. Those are classic. I are my favorite. No, I used to have like four pairs of those. I, for some reason, okay, I was on this like big Topshop denim kick for years. Yeah. And for some reason, I just stopped buying them. I have no idea why. I'm literally going back this week though because I hate all my jeans. So yeah. I'm like, I need, I need to make gray it. ones. So I have black ripped, black, not ripped. Yeah. <laughs> like literally. Literally <laughs> every shade, every knee, whole knee, yeah. whole above the knee. Like you have to have a variety, you know? Yes. Okay, so let's go back into therapy a little bit. I am so glad. A little background. Well, we just met, which it's great. She has amazing skin, amazing. Oh, we're we're into you. this. Um, but you reached out, and I was, like, so into it because I was so into it because I have been, like, in and out of therapy probably since I was, like, whatever age you are when you're in the fifth grade. I feel like 10 or 12. I don't yeah. even know. My parents got divorced, and it was, like, a court-mandated order okay. that we had to go to therapy. It was, you know, clearly not the best divorce. Yeah. But we had to go, and I was so mad about it for so long. Like, I was that kid who would, like, sit there and not say anything. And then I had the classic, like, stereotypical therapist that you see on, like, TVs. Like, yeah. not, like, a real-life great therapist. And it would just be like, how do you feel? Like, that, literally, like, the classic experience. But I was also just so angry that I was I'm so, sure. like, mean. Then I finally got over myself throughout the years, and then I was, like, in and out for forever. I keep saying I'm going to go back now, even though, like, I, I need to. I will go back. But I'm, like, the biggest advocate for therapy. I always mm-hmm. joke. I'm like, I think everyone should go to therapy, even if, like, you have nothing going on. I'm like, yeah. it's really good for you. I'm so about it. So I'm so glad you reached out. This is going to be an amazing episode, and I'm very excited for it. Me too. So we're going to talk a little bit about therapy. And then also, I decided that I wanted to do a little Q&A with you guys. So I asked on Instagram. If you guys want to follow my Instagram or this podcast Instagram, they're always in the show notes down below. But I wanted to ask the audience because I feel like there's a lot of people who don't have either access to therapy or they haven't ever gone to a therapist or whatever and just questions that you guys would have so that we could all just like you know get the most out of this so we are going to go into like specific questions and stuff later that I think will be very beneficial for everyone listening because so much of them are on things that we all deal with so but first I wanted to talk just about like how to find a therapist and how to find the right therapist because that was also another thing that people kept asking and that's something that It took, honestly, like, I don't know the best way to go about it, but when I finally found a good therapist, it was kind of just trial and error and word of mouth. Mm -hmm. So what would you, like, recommend to someone who's maybe, like, looking for a therapist and, like, how to find the right one for them? So I think that's a great question because... 
finding the right therapist is basically one of, really, it's been studied that it's one of the great predictors of how successful the therapy treatment Mm -hmm. is going to be. So it's really important for the client to connect with a therapist. Um, You know, my first step and, you know, I guide my friends, family members is to go you know, whether I recommend a colleague, but afterwards I have them go on psychologytoday.com. It's a great directory where, you know, most therapists are on. And so they can literally search the city they're in, the specialties um, they're looking for. That is so awesome. Yeah, so that's a great resource. And then the other part of it is I really encourage people to call and because most therapists offer a free phone consultation. So call the therapist and I know you can't tell much, but at least you'll get a feel of it. Yeah, that's a really good yeah. that's a really good and then, information. And then now, you know, Instagram is becoming big for therapists too. I'm trying my best to be really active on Instagram. And on my page, I have um, a highlight story where I recommend my colleagues who have different that's specialties. Really yeah, because, you know, someone who's looking for you know, help with addiction, might go to an addiction specialist. And so I'll tag someone I know personally um, so they can reach out to that person. That's awesome. And there's like, that's another thing. There's a lot of people who like specialize in certain things. So there's like trauma and like grief counselors and stuff like that. I feel like actually like narrowing that down is really important, but I didn't know that that's all very helpful. I'm gonna have her Instagram also, by the way, in the show notes, but that is really cool. Um, also, like, what would you tell someone who's never been to therapy before? I feel like people are so nervous to go. Like, I am, like, super outgoing. Like, clearly, I don't shut up. I literally will talk to a wall. <laughs> but, but, like, I, even when I was younger, I was so intimidated to go. Like, what would you tell someone who's, like, maybe afraid of their first appointment? I'll be honest. I I went to therapy maybe as a kid that, like, I, I don't even remember. Mm-hmm. I was born in Moscow, and I moved here when I was 12, so I... You know, I went to therapy there. I really have no memory of it. And I didn't think I needed therapy here, like up until I was in grad school. I'm studying to become a therapist. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't need therapy. Like, it's fine. I talk to my friends. I talk to my family. And finally, I realized I need to know what it feels like to be on the other side. Yeah. Right. And so I started therapy and it was the scariest thing, but it's been the most amazing thing. I'm so obsessed with my therapist. I probably have referred all of my friends to her at this point. (laughs) Um, So it is scary because you don't know what's going to come out. Yeah. And I think that's people's biggest fear. But it's also so important to work through those things because they keep showing up in your life in ways that you don't even know. So the triggers we have, they're all unresolved events from the past. Yeah. So it's important to kind of dig into it. Do you think that there's a point, like, do you think that everyone needs therapy or do you think... Like, how do you know if you need to go to therapy? Um, great question. If you ask me, I think everyone needs therapy. I agree. And I'm, <laughs> I'm not even in it right now. And I'm like, no, I need it. Like, everyone needs it. Because it's something so great to learn tools how to explore your feelings. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's not necessarily just, you know, something you can learn through therapy. You can do this on your own, too. Um, if you have a lot of insight and you want to learn, you can. Um, but I think the time to go to therapy, you know, a lot of people come to therapy when something bad happens. Yeah. And I think it would be great if people started coming before the crisis happens. This is so funny that you're saying this because like literally for the past year plus I've been saying like, I'm just going to go back. 
I was in a bad place. Like it always happens when I'm in a bad place and then I'm like, I'm gonna go back and then I get better and I'm like, oh no, I'm not gonna right. go. Yeah. But I'm like, I wanna go almost start when I'm in a good place because when something bad happens, then I'm already there. And I'm also like, I'm already working towards, you know, like being better and like growing. And I feel like you can never stop doing that either. Yeah. And I don't want like things, I, I want therapy because it's like, I don't want things that I'm dealing with or problems that I've had that I maybe haven't dealt with and didn't realize to carry into like later on like different relationships and friendships and like work things and fears. Like I feel like it's just so much better to like be proactive with it. Yeah, exactly. I love that. We have a lot of questions from you guys. I'm really excited for these. We're gonna be talking about like anxiety, communication, fear, just kind of like lots of things. I have so many questions from you guys. You guys asked a lot of really good things. So I will have it down below. But the first thing I'm gonna ask actually is something that I thought of and I just don't wanna forget it. So you are in like couples therapy, right? That's like your what a special, what am I? Yeah, special. I love, yeah. for me, I always say I love working with couples. That's, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So I feel like divorce is at a rate of like, what, one in two marriages end in divorce. It's like so upsetting. Very sad. Okay. So I feel like so often people are just watching like their parents' marriage fall apart. Like my parents are divorced. Like half of my friends' parents are divorced. And it's like, how, what do you tell people who come from like broken families who didn't maybe like see a healthy marriage. I luckily am now around healthy marriages all the time. So I don't feel like I'm really facing this anymore. And I have people to like look up to, but like going into marriage and other relationships, like how do you feel it affects those? And what do you think are like the best steps to take in order for it to like not hurt your future relationships? Well, definitely. That's def you know how you said, when do you know you need therapy? That's yeah. definitely something to work in therapy right because like you said it's going to carry over so what we see at home what we see growing up does impact our future relationships oh, for sure so it's important to heal from it and when two partners are coming from homes you know from parents that are divorced it's important for them to learn healthy uh ways of loving yeah because they didn't see that growing up and so it's completely possible um it just takes a lot of effort a lot of communication um, and a lot of healing, which partners have the ability to heal your wounds. It just mm -hmm. takes time. It takes effort. Um, and you kind of have to do your own healing, too. You can't just yeah. rely on your partner to heal you. Yeah, I feel like that's a huge thing. Um, okay, what is a way, this is probably the most asked question, so how to cope with anxiety? Like, what are healthy, like, mechanisms? Like, what can you do? So, you know, you have to try different things to see what really works for you. One of the um, one of the techniques that really help is deep breathing. I know that's a really, you know, it's pretty common for people mm -hmm. to say that. But if you get into the habit, whether it's meditation, whether it's yoga, something that can get your mind off of what's going on. And another thing to try that I think is extremely helpful is journaling. Yeah, Okay. Because there's something in, in, there's power in writing things down. And once you reflect back on it, once your kind of your brain registers that everything you just wrote down starts with what if, then you can say to yourself, this is all anxiety talking. None of this has happened yet. Mm -hmm. And so you can bring your brain back into the present moment, bring your mind back into the present moment. Because a lot of um, the anxious thoughts are about the future. Yeah. Things that have not happened yet. So I and then another technique I like to use is called fact checking. So if you're constantly worried about the future and you're anxious and you're thinking, what if this happens? What if, you know, my relationship doesn't last? 
bring yourself back into the present moment by fact checking. So ask yourself, does my partner love me right now? The answer is yes. Probably the relationship is not going to end right now, right? Yeah. So fact checking is a great way to bring your mind back into the present moment. I love that. That's mm-hmm. really good. Yeah, I have, I definitely have anxiety. I feel like it's gotten better over the years. It's something that runs in my family. Like, I remember, like, I remember things that I thought when I was like six years old. And I look at like people, like six year old now, and I'm like, I cannot believe. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I vividly remember that stuff. But I feel like, I mean, over time, like, I was in therapy for like years for it. I feel like so much better. I don't feel like it's something that really, like, hinders me in the way that it did at one point Mm -hmm. but those are like i really love that how to get over fear this is another really popular one i feel like this is kind of really vague and very broad so it's kind of more difficult so let's narrow it down to like fear of uh, i don't want to say the future because that's like we just talked about anxiety well i think the fear part does tie into anxiety because anxiety is having fear you're you're afraid of something the underlying emotion of anxiety is being afraid okay right so some people are afraid that something bad's gonna happen some that's typically the fear yeah or like fear of i know a lot of people who listen to my podcast are like college aged or they just graduated and they're kind of like starting their careers and i feel like this is a very like and i'm in the same like kind of time frame i feel like this is the kind of confusing but really cool time but very confusing and very scary time of your life And I feel like a lot of people who were at least were asking this, we're kind of talking about it in the sense of like, it is fear of the future, but like more specifically, like fear of like change and like if like accomplishments and stuff like that, like finding the right career path. So I think, again, I would say journaling would be great for that. Journaling um, and writing down what your fears are, what you can do, um, you know, in order to move forward with your life, do things that are positive for you, that are healthy for you. Um, Again, there's some power in writing rather than when you're thinking, imagine there's all these little bubbles in your head. You can't really comprehend that. So when you're writing it, you see it differently. You can actually look at at it and reflect and say, okay, maybe this is what I want to do with my future. And so brainstorm, really. Yeah. Um, is that going to take your fear away completely? No. And it's normal to feel afraid about the unknown, about mm-hmm. the future. Um, but I think really exploring that and making sure to process all the fear that's coming up. If you're going to you know, brush it under the rug, it's going to come out in other ways. Yeah. So definitely process it and sit with that fear and feeling the what you said about if you're going to brush it under the rug it's going to come out in other ways i think especially in like guys that i know especially at this age that is such a classic issue with them just in general in every aspect because they don't deal with things girls too for sure i just i think it pops up more like my friends are dating people like i've been dating people and it it pops up way more when you're like in a relationship with someone and you're like oh wow like you really never like this is why it's this way and this is something that happened 10 years ago yeah so it's so important to like deal with things now another thing with like fear i'm kind of in that same space too i so much better i went through like a mini freak out earlier this year it was really something to be around but um i'm huge into journaling i journal every single day and if i don't i notice like I will feel crazy. Like, I just feel so much worse. Or another thing that I've been doing lately too that's really been helping me is that I just go on a walk like 
the second that I start, because I work from home, so mm-hmm. and I have an office in my house, so I'll start to like just get like very anxious or like overwhelmed. And then I go on a walk and I listen to a podcast and I walk my dog and I feel like 20 times better. Even yeah. if it's a 20 minute walk, makes the biggest difference. Also, 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 another thing. <laughs> um, if you guys are in that space, I thought about this when she was talking, a really, really helpful tool would be a passion planner. I Do you know what that is? Mm-mm. Okay, so I love passion planners. I've used, I actually am not currently using one because I don't really run my calendar. So like I use Google Calendar because I'm not the one who like really, really runs it. But for three years straight, I used this passion planner. It helped me so much with anxiety, but also it's the best thing. It's a very goal list oriented planner. Okay. The way it's set up is just so helpful and it's like very therapeutic to do. It's like the best thing ever. I'm actually like, And if you watch my YouTube videos, especially if you watch them for that long, it's like, I literally talked about the passion planner for forever. You know when like starter packs were a thing on Twitter? Like my starter pack was with the passion planner. Like (laughs) it was really that. I'm actually having the the CEO on the podcast really soon, which is cool. I'll have to look into it. That sounds great. It's amazing. It's like a really, really, really good tool. I will also have this in the show notes for any of you guys, but it's like literally it's the best thing ever. And if you guys are confused on like what you want to do or you're trying to like set goals and just like kind of get on top of life or whatever, Passion Planner. And I believe, I know they used to, I'm assuming they still do. They have like free printable like PDFs that you can try before you buy the actual book. And the book's only like, not like a book it's a planner but it's only like $25 so it literally one of the best things you'll ever buy it was like I cannot that is like one of my all-time favorite products it's the best thing ever that's really good and also I think with journaling it's not just you know sometimes people say yeah I write all the time it doesn't really help and the way they write it's like dear diary or something like that right and they tell a story so that's great but um I think what's really helpful is processing so asking yourself what am I feeling right now Let's say it's fear. Okay, what am I afraid of? This, this, and that. So really writing it down, um, maybe asking yourself, have I felt this way before? Have I heard messages regarding this? So really almost like dissecting the situation and understanding where it's all coming from. So that's going to be really helpful. Someone should make, I'm sure it probably already exists, but like some like really cool like workbook that's kind of like up that alley that you can just do whenever you're feeling like a little bit more stressed um okay so let's talk a little bit about communication um I have questions like how to communicate when someone doesn't want to communicate with you which I feel like whatever um and just like best um tips for communicating maybe in a day-to-day aspect versus like when like, you know, stuff's really hit the fan that's like a little bit more heated. Yeah, so you also brought up something that I want to touch on that has to do with this. You said men typically- Yeah, oh yeah, (laughs) girl. (laughs) So I run anger management classes and most of our um, members are men. And it's so interesting hearing their side of the story. Okay, so a lot of times they have such a hard time getting in touch with what they're really feeling. So anger is a secondary emotion, okay? Which means that we feel primary feelings underneath that, like sadness, fear, pain, embarrassment, feelings like that. Mm -hmm. So what we're all used to doing, and especially men, they show anger. So when they get into an argument, it's immediately, I'm pissed off, I'm angry, this is all your fault. So you don't typically show like primary feelings? Yes. Would happiness be a primary or like a secondary? Uh, that would be a, a primary. Okay. But let's say someone is really angry. What's actually happening for them? Maybe they're afraid of losing their partner. And instead of saying, I'm afraid of losing you, 
it turns into a fight about the microwave yeah. or something else, something small, right? So I challenge my clients all the time to pinpoint what they're actually feeling. Now, going back to communication and couples and relationships, it's really important for both partners to do that. Sometimes females have these problems. They don't know how to get in touch with those feelings. Um, and that comes again from the messages we've heard growing up. You know, typically, not always, but a lot of men have heard the message of don't cry, get up, you're strong, you're tough. Mm-hmm. That whole vulnerability is weakness. Yeah. So and then things are shoved under the rug. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So no wonder they grow up and they don't talk about feelings. Yeah. Now, this happens for females too. Um, so, in communicating, especially when there's an argument, the biggest thing you could do is walk away. Okay, and think about what's actually making you upset. What is the underlying feeling? Are you afraid of something? Are you hurt by your partner? So if you come from that perspective and you use I statements, I'm sure you've heard I statements, Mm -hmm. talking about what your experience is rather than blaming, which is what we typically tend to do. Yeah. So that's and it's like be... taking responsibility. Yes. Yeah. Because, and I say this all the time in our classes, and everyone looks at me like I said the weirdest thing ever. No one can actually make you upset. Yeah. Okay? It's, it's all your triggers coming up. Things that have happened in the past cause you to react a certain way to a situation. So what upsets me might not upset you, and what upsets you might not upset me. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's so important to really dig deep and figure out what's happening for you. And then turn to your partner and be vulnerable and say, this is my experience. I'm feeling hurt because blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Rather than it's all your fault. You always do this, which is what happens typically. That I did learn that when I was younger in therapy. Yeah. They were really big on I statements. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing, like going into that. So let's say you're in, actually, this is a different question, but let's say you're in either you are in a very unhealthy, like toxic, abusive relationship or like your friend is in Let's first start off like if you are in an abusive relationship, how to leave. And then if you know like one of your close friends is in a very abusive relationship, like how to be a friend and how to help them. Uh, That's a hard one. If you're in an abusive relationship, you know, I guess talking to friends and family members, um, having support is really important because if you're in that toxic relationship, sometimes people feel very alone and like they can't trust someone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, definitely seek help at that point. Um, that's really hard to be in a position like that. And then having a friend who you see suffering from that is really hard to do. If you yeah. say leave, they're probably not going to leave. Yeah. So all you could do is really be there for that person and help them through it as they go along. Yeah. I wish there was, honestly, I wish there was this magic solution of do this and then everything will be better. But it's really, it's a process. And that person who is in that relationship has to be ready to leave themselves. Yeah, it's like they have to make the decision for themselves. Yeah. Yeah, even though you like want to make it for them and you're like, no, I'm literally like drag you out of the house. Like it's not gonna happen. Um, How do you implement self-love in your everyday life? As a therapist, I can only imagine that that's like very emotionally exhausting. Like, do therapists go to therapy? Like, how do you make sure that you are like, emotionally okay so that's you know going back to when i thought i didn't need therapy (laughs) funny um definitely going to therapy is really helpful 
Um, my self-care involves just spending time with my husband or reading a book, doing something that I can turn my mind off. I watch Vanderpump Rules, keeping <laughs> up with the Kardashians. I love the Kardashians. <laughs> That's how my brain shuts off and I don't think about everything else. Yeah, it's really hard, but I think the best part of it is you get to be on this journey with people and really see them work through their biggest problems. And that's the most rewarding thing. So yeah, in the beginning when I just started, I would definitely take it home with me. And it's hard when you see someone crying, you know, not to just fall apart and cry too. But then I learned that it's much more important to just be there for that person as they're crying instead of falling apart. Okay, cool. Yeah. I love that. What about how to overcome the trauma from like past toxic relationships and how to not let those toxic relationships affect your future relationships with other people? Therapy. Yeah, literally. I'm like, every single answer to this, I would just say therapy. My friends are so annoyed at me because everything they say, I'm like, you should go to therapy. (laughs) That that would solve it. Um, Again, if you're not going to therapy, it's a lot of processing you know, a lot of just thinking about stuff and how it affected you. These are things we don't typically do unless we sit down and journal, write it down, really maybe talk to a friend about it and Mm -hmm. talk about how affected you were. Um, Reading some books on trauma would be helpful. So, you know, you can do those things without therapy. Um, but of course, it would be more helpful to go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm literally this whole thing. We're like, go to therapy. <laughs> go, to ther- go to therapy. It really is like, it's so helpful. And now, like, I do, I see the ways that, like, my friends now who I've, like, grown up with or I've known for a few years now. And it's like, I know their life story. And I see how now that's affecting. And, like, definitely with me, same thing. It's, like, easier to talk about. Like, it's easier to, like, see it in other people, yeah. though. So when I see it in other people, I'm like, oh, dang, like, I definitely am doing the same thing, you know? Yeah, and also, and it's not just go to therapy, go to therapy, but if someone has the insight already, because a lot of people yeah. do, based on everything they've been through, they have a lot of insight. And so they're able to do that by themselves. Mm-hmm. But it's okay to ask for help. It's okay if you're not able to do it by yourself, because these aren't tools that we were given growing up. Yeah, They just weren't. I think now things are changing and I think now our generation being parents is gonna be a lot different and maybe we are gonna provide those tools hopefully but most of us grew up not knowing how to talk about feelings yeah even if you think about like your grandparents versus like my like I think about my grandparents and then I think about my parents and like then I think about me and my siblings yeah and there's such a like dramatic difference in like how open they are my parents were always very for therapy my dad is like not the typical guy like very emotional not afraid to cry like and because of that i think i had like you know how it's like you date your dad or whatever yeah like every single guy i'm with it like cries way more than me i'm not kidding i'm like this is (laughs) this really does happen but i'm like really grateful that i had parents that were very like very aware and my dad has anxiety so my dad was actually the one who was like he's like I knew from a very young age that you had it because I could just tell like I remembered like feeling those ways so they were very like they were big advocates for me to like go get like go to therapy yeah Yeah. I got really lucky Mm -hmm. I don't know I feel like with or without them getting divorced though they would have still done that though because they're both just very like for all of that Another question that we got a lot was how to heal from heartbreak. So healing from a heartbreak, um, you know, I think that's, it's kind of like grief. 
a lot of people associate grief with just losing someone, um, you know, if someone passed. But really, grief is heartbreaks, too. Mm-hmm. It's losing a job, losing a boyfriend, divorce. That's all grief. And so with grief, there's different stages, you know. It starts with denial, and hopefully as you go through it, you end at the acceptance stage. Um, So it takes time, and just like with grief, it's not something that you can say, okay, in two months you'll be fine, in three months you'll be fine. There's no number. It's whatever feels comfortable for you, um, and it just takes a lot of time. And I think the biggest thing you can do to heal from a breakup and heartbreak is to really focus on yourself because people lose that side of them. People lose themselves Mm -hmm. in relationships. So if you can focus on yourself and learn to love yourself again, you're already doing something great. It's so funny because my friends and I were talking and they were like, you're just doing so well. And I'm like, yeah, because this energy I was spending, like that I was putting, spending towards like another person, I'm like now have that time for myself. And I'm like, I am doing really well and I am much happier because it makes sense. Like, and that's also me, like that's totally like on my end. It's not their fault that I was doing that. But it's also like when you like take all of the like effort that you were putting into that person and you just like start putting it into yourself, it is like very rewarding, you know? You start growing in a way that you never thought you could grow. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I like myself so much better now and I didn't even dislike myself then. Like it wasn't, it was nothing like that, but I'm like, I'm just happier. Like Mm -hmm. not even really having anything to do with them, but just like learning how I am in relationships. And like, I would not even say I'm not like a clingy person. My life is not revolve around whoever I'm dating by any means, but it's like, obviously you're gonna have more time you know so it's just cool um how to get back friends that you pushed away probably reaching out you know Mm -hmm. um again that's being very vulnerable and that's something we're all afraid to do and we're trying to all change this right to be more vulnerable to be more real and honest um so reaching out without the fear of being rejected because that might happen and vulnerability is a risk um but I think if it's an important connection and relationship for you, it's worth the risk. Yeah, I agree. I also think, like, if you just, like, humble yourself and apologize and, like, you're the first to apologize, I feel like it's so much easier when you go into conversations with someone. It's so much easier to... Uh, or The conversation goes a lot easier if you just, like, humble yourself and you're like, hey, I'm so sorry, and you take the blame. Even if it isn't, like, fully your blame, like, your thing to take blame. Not that you take the blame for them, but don't go at it, like, hot-headed is right. what I mean. I mean, with with that, you know, it's... I think it takes two people mm-hmm. to create something, right? It takes two people to create a relationship, a friendship, and also two people participate in ruining it. Yeah. And so you can take part of the things that you've done in there. Take responsibility of what you can take yes. responsibility for. Yeah. Whatever you had control of, you can, you know, be vulnerable and say that. And, you know, being humble, I think that ties exactly into being vulnerable, really. No, I completely agree. Okay, we have two questions that are a little bit more towards, like, questions for you specifically. Well, this is kind of overall. A lot of people, too, and I know this is an issue because I had friends growing up whose parents were, like, not as supportive with them going to therapy. They didn't really understand it. They don't, like some of them didn't even like believe in mental health, like things like that. How do you go to a therapist when your parents are against them? So we're kind of going to angle this towards they're under 18. Okay. And like, how do you, one, have that conversation with your parents and kind of open that up? And then like, 
kind of maybe make them realize that this is something that's like important to you that you feel like you really need? So I think, you know, expressing yourself and um, try to be assertive with your parents and really talk about why it's important for you. So, you know, maybe it's to process feelings and something that's happened before, or maybe it's to just self love and improve and gain confidence. Um, kind of maybe bringing it from that perspective would be helpful because I think what happens for parents and I come from, I'm Armenian, so I come from a very traditional cultural background where therapy is not the first thing that people turn to because there's a sense of community and family and friendships. Um, but of course, therapy is so different, mm -hmm. right? So maybe even educating them on that of how Therapy is very different than talking to a friend, um, you know, how everything is confidential and things like that. So just being assertive and coming again from a vulnerable place, hopefully yeah. that would be helpful. Yes, that's really good. Okay, and the last question, what recommendations would you have for a student aspiring to be a therapist? Ooh, I love this one. <laughs> um, so when I was 18, I actually got hired to be an administrative assistant at the anchor management company that I work at now. Oh, cool. So I kind of basically grew up there. So I was an admin and then I got my bachelor's degree. I got certified to be um, an anchor management counselor. So I was there through my career, basically. Um, and so I would really recommend for someone to get started in the field that way. For me, you know, as a young therapist, it was really important to learn what it's all about. And so whether it's... Um, even being an admin somewhere, you know, or being somewhat a therapist assistant, whatever it is, you learn so much from working by someone else who's already in the field. Thank you for coming on. I really enjoyed this episode. Me. Where can they find you? So you can find me on my Instagram at therapy with Guyana. That's G-A-Y-A-N-E. Um, or my website, therapywithguyana.com. Yes, I will have it all in the show notes down below. Again, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. All right, guys, hope you enjoyed this episode. If you guys want, be sure to go follow Guyana on Instagram. I will have in the show notes. I have my Instagram, uh, the podcast Instagram, the secret Facebook group Instagram, Taylor's Instagram. Everything's in the show notes. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I will talk to you next week.